Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I uh, like to put together here in this part of the universe where I like to talk about all things investing, where I get to share some of my thoughts and takes and observations about what's going on in the market, what's going on in the investing world, uh, as well as uh, observations from other people who, uh, who has, have a really good, unique insight into, a whole, into the whole investing thing. Also, what I love to do here in this podcast is share with you some of my thought processes, my ideas, my rationales that go into my own personal investment decisions that I make. The goal, hopefully, here for you to take away from here is to get a little bit some more insights, some more nuggets of information that you could take back and bring into your own personal uh, investing situation, investing environment. Hopefully it's going to help you uh, ultimately make uh, more thoughtful, more educated investment decisions. My name is Amon Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I do is I, I try to help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem is when people try to want to save uh, money and grow their savings and try to get into the whole investing side of things, they either get really frustrated or intimidated or confused by the whole investing world. They either don't know where to start if they're new to investing or they've been investing for a long time but just don't seem to be making any progress uh, in their portfolios. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and, and achieve it with confidence. So today is today's episode is Decision Day, and it's actually a series of Decision Day episodes. Uh, for those of you who've been following my podcast or following my blog on my website, sageinvestors.ca, uh, you'll know that every month um, I like to share with you uh, some of my own uh, personal investment decisions, and not just basically give you tips and stock tips and stuff like that, but just to share with you the thought process of how I go about making decisions, how I go about figuring out what stocks to buy and figuring out what stocks to sell, how to figure out what ETFs to buy, ETFs to sell. The whole point, you know, as I said, as an investment coach, I spend a lot of my time teaching people um, the mechanical side and the behavioral side of, of, of evaluating stocks. And uh, it's one thing I really take pride in. It's one thing for me to teach stuff about investing. It's another thing to actually practice it. It's another thing to actually model the behavior. And, uh, and, and I, believe, I believe very fun, uh, strongly that's a, that's a quality uh, I think we do because ultimately we don't practice investing enough. And I, don't, I think the reason why we don't practice enough is we just don't see it enough and don't hear about it enough and don't engage with it enough. And so what I try to do is every month I like to just share with you my most recent investment decisions and uh, share with you the thought processes that went uh, into it. Now, as I said, just said earlier, um, these episodes are not meant to be sort of recommendations or stock tips. So if you're looking for like, okay, what stocks should I buy? Well, and follow what I'm doing. That's not the point of this. Uh, the point of it is to just get an understanding of how you go about figuring out whether you want to buy a stock or whether you want to sell a stock. Um, so clear rules of engagement here. These aren't stock tips I'm sharing with you. I'm sharing with you my thought processes with them. So as I said, I made it, you know, we've been in, this year we've had a really, it's been a really crazy year in terms of the, the volatility in the markets. We've had some serious downturns. Uh, earlier in the year in February we had a big pullback and then we kind of had a big bounce back also toward the end of February and then we got into March and then things just started getting really happy happy again and then 
we had a couple of blips in the way. So it's been a really kind of up and down volatile market, which is, that's the stock market. Stock prices go up, stock prices go down. Um, and at the same time, what I've been doing is, you know, my philosophy or my investment ideology in terms of how I figure out what stocks to buy and sell hasn't changed despite all this volatility. And I spend, I basically try to execute my strategy, execute my, my investment ideology. And so decisions I'm going to share with you in this episode and the next couple of episodes are the uh, decisions that I took in March um, when things were kind of bouncing back. Um, the market was bouncing back. And uh, when I looked at my portfolio, I go, uh, there were some opportunities there where I had to make some decisions as a certain stocks had reached a certain threshold. And uh, then there's also stocks that I've had on my watch list that I've always wanted to buy, but just haven't been able to buy because I thought they've maybe been too expensive. Some of those stocks came into play uh, into my radar screen during the month too, and I'm going to share with you kind of how I dealt with it and how I evaluated those those stocks. So, but today, today's episode, I just want to focus on uh, the investment decisions involving uh, any shares that I sold in my portfolio, as well as any decisions that I made to buy more shares in stocks that I currently own. And the next two episodes after this, we'll we'll get I'll get into more the new stocks that I added to my portfolio in the past month. So let's just jump to it. So the first decision that I made was I made a decision to sell my shares in Nordstrom, ticker symbol JWN. Nordstrom is uh, that luxury, big luxury retailer. It was a good decision. I sold it for a 26.4% gain, and that's um, factoring out all the Forex uh, currency adjustments. So as, as you know, I live in Canada, so um, my purchases obviously is in US dollars, so I kind of had to readjust everything after the sale to see if actually where it was, and I, at the end of it, I was up 26%. So for those of you who've been following my, uh, follow my investment decisions and uh, how I make, these in, uh, make my own investment decisions, I, one of the key things I try to make a point of in my decision making is to set thresholds, to set exit points. And for me, my exit point when stocks go up is 20%. So if a stock crosses a 20% return threshold, uh, I, I kind of stop and I take a look at the stock and I look at the company and I go, am I happy with the 20% return there? Or do I think there's more upside to it and I should hold on to it a little bit longer? And usually that's, that's at that point I'm making sort of a sell or hold decision. And so in the case of Nordstrom, as I say, it crossed my 20% crossed my threshold level and crossed it quite nicely. Um, and uh, so I made a decision to sell it. And so one of the things that's been going on with the company is there's been a lot of rumors that the family, the Nordstrom family, is interested in taking the company company private, and that has put sort of uh, a bit of a had put a bit of a impetus into the stock price. When I bought in, it was in the low 40s, and when I sold it, I sold it at around $52. And there's less a lot of rumors going around with the company going to go private, and I kind of made the decision, and then it came out. Um, that the company actually, that the family did submit an offer to take the company private at $50 a share, and the board of directors rejected it. And uh, so the stock fell down in a bit. But before all this happened, I made a decision to sell it because, and I didn't really factor the, the, the going private thing. I just looked at my, my, 
my tolerance and my return expectations for the stock. And as I and I basically came to the decision that you know what, I'm up 26% on this stock. I'm pretty comfortable with the return. I'm more than happy to sell it and bank the profit and put it into another uh, another investment opportunity. So that's when I sold it. I sold it at $52 a share. Then. Shortly after that, the news came out that the family submitted the offer for $50 a share and it was rejected and the stock fell off a bit and uh, so the stock fell off a bit. And then what happened after that was that um, apparently after the company uh, rejected the family's offer, they came back in and were doing some negotiations and sure enough, they broke off the negotiations and then the family came out and said, uh, we're not going to be pursuing this going private thing anytime soon. And sure enough, the stock has really since that point started to drift lower. And it's actually now in the $48 range as I look at it right now. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the stock actually start drifting lower a bit. And if it should, then I would probably consider wanting to buy in on it. Because when I look at the fundamentals, of the business, it's still a really good company. There's nothing really fundamentally wrong with the company. I like the whole luxury, having exposure to the whole luxury aspect of retail, um, given the way our society and our economies are kind of evolving, becoming much more polarized. The luxury side of it is, uh, I think, stands to benefit from it. We can have a philosophical debate of whether that's a good or a bad thing, but from an investment perspective, I think Nordstrom is kind of one of those best of breed retailers, I think. And it's it's a retailer that's like, in a way quite immune from the threats from like Amazon, uh, from that side of it. Although there are rumors out there that Amazon might want to make a play for Nordstrom. And that wouldn't surprise me down the road. Uh, so I sold it. The stock's been drifting lower. And so I'm going to keep the stock on my watch list because, as I said, I like the company. I like what they're doing. I like the space. And if it were to drop to like the low 40s again, I would seriously consider um, buying back in. So that was my decision to on Nordstrom, where I sold my shares for Nordstrom. Um, I also made a decision to sell my shares in Booking Holdings, which used to be called Priceline. And I think I've talked about it in a previous episode, but I just kind of want to reiterate it again. Um, it was a sale when the market was kind of crapping out in February. Priceline's been one of the stock I've had on my watch list, and it kind of dropped down pretty dramatically. It went down about $1,730, and that's when I bought in. And sure enough, since then, it just the stock's been bouncing. And at some point, I was up almost 24%. And so, again, after I crossed that threshold, I kind of looked at the company and I go, you know what, am I happy with a 25% return on this stock? And I said, yes. And boom, I sold it. So hopefully you're starting to see there's a bit of, um, I try to, when I make my decisions, it's really when you have your kind of entry and exit strategies in place, it's all about execution. And a lot of times the emotional side of the decision should be kind of filtered out. And that's kind of how I approach my decision making is just, having a plan, having my, my playbook of what I do when I buy a stock in terms of my return expectations, and then also my exit strategy. When it crosses uh, certain thresholds on the positive and negative side, then you get out. And it's just, that's to me, I find that's one of the best ways to preserve money and to ensure that you're gonna lock in some profits and ensure that your portfolio is gonna grow um, somewhat meaningfully. So for me, my, my threshold is 20% because my risk tolerance maybe is a bit higher, but if you have a lower risk tolerance, then maybe you're gonna set your threshold to maybe 10% or lower than that. 
It's really personal preference of what you're comfortable with. Um, so booking holdings was another decision I made to sell in uh, March too. And so that, that's, that turned out to be a good decision as well. Um, then fine. Oh yeah. Then I made another, I made another sell decision in March and that was to sell my ETF, my aerospace and defense ETF, which was the spider aerospace and defense ETF ticker symbol XAR. I sold it for a 22.8% gain. Um, when you back out all the foreign exchange adjustments, but on an apples to apples basis, it was up 27% when I sold it. I bought it at 68 and I sold it at $89 a share. Uh, so I made the decision to, again, it crossed that threshold, my, it crossed my 20% threshold, so I, I kind of evaluated how um, the situation is with the stock. So for those of you who follow me, the rationale, my rationale for, for buying the defense ETF comes back to this whole um, Trump, um, Trump play. And I think one of the themes, investing themes with Trump being in power is he is pretty pretty pro and pretty hardcore in, term de in terms of defense. If you look at how they've been spending money or their budget plans, they're looking to go hardcore and spend a lot of money on defense and cut basically everything else. And uh, so defense stocks have been doing really great since Trump became president. And uh, I decided early on to, uh, when he became president, to, to buy uh, a basket of uh, defense stocks. And it's, as you can see by this, this portfolio, it's done quite well. Um, and so the reality is I could probably, you know, he's still president, so I should, why am I not holding it longer? Again, one thing again, it's my, my threshold, 20% that I crossed, so I was comfortable selling it at this point, at this price point. Um, then the other thing I kind of looked at also was, I think there's some potential clouds in the play. And one of the things, as much as Trump is very pro-defense, he's also uh, very pro-protectionism. And we saw some lobbying of salvos in terms of levering tariffs on aluminum and steel. And, uh, and the impact, when I, when I kind of thought this through, is that if if steel prices and aluminum prices and materials start going up in price, that's going to impact the price of that cost that these defense contractors and aerospace companies are going to have to incur because they obviously rely on a lot of aluminum and steel. And companies like Boeing, Lockheed, um, if they start getting price pr pricing pressure, they're, they might you might just ultimately lower their, their profits. And ultimately, that's not going to be good for uh, stock price. So I, I kind of with all this trade war garbage going on out there, um, I thought it, it kind of made me take pause in it. I looked at my port, looked at the position. And I said, you know what? I'm up 25%, almost 25% plus on it. Uh, take the profit. I'm just why why keep why stick around and see all kinds of garbage potentially happen um, that Trump could create from this. So. Um, so I decided to sell. And so that's pretty much why I decided to sell. And again, because of this whole Trump play and how this tariff stuff could play out, it may be an opportunity that the, that the, that the ETF price might come down. And maybe it's an opportunity to, there might be another opportunity down the road to jump back in. So I'm going to keep it on my watch list. And so if the price really came down significantly, um, maybe I would look to go to, uh, come back in if the whole tariff thing just kind of just goes away and uh, things kind of just resume as they were before. So that was my decision to sell my aerospace and defense ETF. Uh, 
The rest of my decisions uh, that I'm going to talk today are decisions where I bought more shares uh, to, to companies that I already own. So one of the ones I did uh, where I bought more shares was Walmart. The stock was down almost to $85 and my cost base was almost uh, $94. So with the price drop, um, I decided to say, you know what, this might be a good opportunity to average down my uh, Average down my cost base. So I bought some more shares of Walmart and that lowered my cost base from 95 to $90. Um, fundamentally, nothing's really changed with the business. I still think it's a best of breed retailer, best of breed discount retailer um, that's really pivoting hardcore into the online side and seems to be like a worthy challenger to, to Amazon um, to, take on, to take on Amazon. And so if I'm looking at valuations, I think Walmart, you know, this was a stock that was almost $110 a share just late last year. And so now it's down to almost $85. So I think there's some upside to the stock uh, going forward. So I decided to buy more shares there. Um, the next decision I made also was I decided to buy more shares in CVS Health, the pharmacy uh, ticker symbols ticker symbol CVS and CVS has been kind of in a free fall the stock you know at one point it was in the low 80s late last year and it's just kind of been just falling down and it was at one point this past month when it was down as low as $62 and uh, my cost base is around is was around $77 and so I decided to buy some more shares to lower my cost base, which is now down to seventy-three dollars. Um, and the reason why it's been falling—it's basically been Amazon. There's been a lot of gloom and doom about Amazon. You know, Amazon earlier announced that they're kind of getting into the whole healthcare side of it. They formed this consortium with uh, Berkshire and J.P. Morgan to develop a more efficient uh, health uh, healthcare. Um, system within their domains and uh, so people are saying you know what hey, you know Amazon's gonna get in there and it's gonna disrupt the whole sector and companies like CVS are gonna take the brunt of it and uh, a lot of people say the big reason why they went out and bought Aetna was because kind of insulate themselves from the Amazon threat so um, so there's that side of it and then the other side of it is the company is still Despite all these threats, supposed threats, the company continues to generate solid economic profits, solid returns on invested capital. The company had very little debt, but it's going to have a lot more debt now because of the Aetna deal. But this company is still operating quite well and quite effectively. So I bought some more shares of it to lower my cost base. So it turned out, and this just happened recently, that Amazon came out and said that they're actually going to get out of the whole medical ordering um, business. Um, they looked at it, they looked at the regulatory issues, and they said, you know what, it's gonna be hard for them to compete in it. So they pulled out, and since that happened, the stock has just literally bounced. It, you know, When I bought in, it was at 62, um, but since then, the stock has gone up to like $68, and it's going up, because it looks like now that cloud, that Amazon cloud, is kind of going away and if that's the case then hey you know what the stock might just really bounce back quite nicely and so um, I'm all I'm cool with that because I've been closely I've been slowly lowering my costs around that so that was my decision to add uh, to sell shares in CVS um, 
finally, my last decision that I'll share with you, my last um, decision where I bought more shares, uh, was my I made a decision to buy more shares in Imperial Oil. And uh, it's a bit of a paradox in the sense that oil prices have been going up. And now at the, at the point where we're almost at near $70 a barrel. Um, but Imperial Oil stock has been kind of just drifting lower and lower. And it drifted almost as low as $32 a share. You know, my cost base was around 43. Um, so I was in a pretty, I'm in a pretty big, I'm in a loss position on it. And I was almost close to my 20% loss position. And again, I've talked about thresholds. Um, my personal threshold for losses is 20%. So if a stock crosses a 20% loss level, I sell it. I don't even question it. Um, again, part of my, my playbook, part of my investing ideology, part of how I plan, how I make decisions. And so it was getting close to the 20% level, but I'm sitting here looking at oil going up and up and up, and it looks like supplies are going to be constrained going forward because OPEC looks like they're cutting off, cutting down supplies. There's threats now of sanctions on Iran. Ultimately, this everything seems to be pointing to oil prices going uh, higher and higher. And so... Um, I don't want to sell my Imperial oil stock if, it were gonna, if it's going to be operating in a higher uh, oil price environment. The problem, though, with the Canadians, with the Imperial oil right now, and kind of basically most Canadian oil stocks right now, oil companies, is that it's really a transportation issue. They're having real bottleneck issues getting their oil to market, getting oil out to the refineries in the U.S., getting their oil out to China and the West. Um, because there's bottleneck issues. There's apparently not enough uh, rail cars out there to transport oil. And uh, so there's issues right now. And I think it's right now there's just a lot of oil just sitting around not being able to get to market. And that's impacting earnings, impacting profitability. So that's going on right now. But as I said, I'm investing in these companies not for a couple of weeks. I'm investing them for long term. So I really believe that over the long term, management is going to figure out how to deal with these bottlenecks and address these bottlenecks and soon the oil will start flowing and moving to the places they need to and the, and, and, and the cash flow will continue to to generate so i think long term i think this stuff is going to get resolved and i think ultimately i think these stocks like imperial oil are going to are going to keep going up as long as the oil prices continue to track up and as long as I believe in that, and ultimately it also comes down to how I, you know, I, I've talked a lot about oil companies. Oil companies are my, some of my favorite companies to own are oil stocks because the companies behind them are just some of the most efficient, well-run, well-managed companies they, uh, out there. They generate uh, consistent economic profit in good markets and in bad markets. So even though they're having bottleneck issues right now moving their oil around, they're still profitable. They're still making pretty good returns on invested capital. So if they can just figure out how to untie the bottleneck, um, I could see stocks like Imperial Oil just really popping. So again, I bought some more shares when it went down to $32. I bought some more shares. So now my cost base is down to almost $40 a share. Um, and my So I'm down. And since then, as I said, since I bought it, uh, the stock price has actually rebounded. It's almost now at $38 a cent. So it's starting to benefit from the price pop in oil prices and and so I'm almost almost at one point I was down almost 18%. Now I'm down 5% on the stock. So um, so I'm in a good position right now. So the stock's in a good position and if prices stay where they are or keep creeping up, um, 
I think I could be in a, in a profit position on the stock. And so that's why I bought it, right? So, um, so that was my decision to buy Imperial Oil. So those are my decisions that I made in terms of my selling decisions and my decision to buy more shares in companies that I owned. Uh, in the next two couple, couple of episodes, I'm going to share with you um, my investment decisions, my thought processes that let, went into my into decisions into buying some new stocks for my portfolio, specifically um, shares in Big Lots and shares in Southwest Airlines. So look out for the next couple of podcast episodes on those because I'll be dedicating uh, a pot, an episode to each one of those companies, uh, each one of those stocks. So there you have it. If you have any questions, love to know what you hear about, what you thought about um, how I'm going about making my decisions. If you have any questions, feel free to drop me a line. Um, you can get a hold of me a whole bunch of different ways. I'm on through my website, sageinvestors.ca. Uh, you can just leave me an email through there. Uh, you can also get a hold of me on Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors. You can find, uh, uh, you can follow me there. I'm on there all the time, tweeting my uh, my investment decisions in real time, and also sharing all kinds of interesting observations and content and uh, by other by other investors out there. You can find me on Facebook. My uh, my Facebook page is Sage Investors, so I post all my blogs, podcasts, mind map videos on there, so if you can follow me through there. And also I'm on Instagram. My handle is uh, Sage Investors Nations. I phones, post all kinds of uh, uh, interesting charts that I come across, um, interesting uh, visuals and graphics and all stuff. Uh, and also I post videos in there, kind of real-time, quick hit quick take uh, videos on what's going on in the market and some of my takes on what's going on in the market. So you can follow me through there on Instagram. Um, if you have also have any questions about my courses that I teach, as I said, I teach a whole bunch of uh, investment courses uh, in ETFs and in stocks. Um, uh, and if you have any questions about my courses, I teach them in person and I also teach them online. I have an online version of my courses. You can go check out my check check out my website sageinvestors.ca for more information. That's all I got for you this uh, for this episode. As I said, the next couple of episodes, I'm going to get into some investment decisions on some new stocks that I added to my portfolio, and I hope you get a chance to listen in and hopefully um, uh, get a bit of an understanding on my thought process and how you go about figuring out. Um, whether you want to buy or sell stocks. So thank you very much for listening. Again, this has been Stock Talk. My name is Amin Arena of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye. <music>